This is Cam from the Nerdbook Review, where we strive to broaden your fantasy horizons. Today, we are going to be bringing you an author interview. We will have Dirk Ashton, the author of the Paternus series, uh, Rise of Gods and Wrath of Gods so far. It will be a trilogy. Uh, Dirk is the author who got me started down the Spiffbo rabbit hole. Not sure whether to thank him or curse him, but it has been fun this last year or so. Uh, once again, if you have listened to the podcast, I am sure that you know uh, what Spiffbo is, but if you are just listening to this because you like Dirk, then uh, I highly recommend looking up the Spiffbo competition on uh, Mark Lawrence's website and uh, uh, looking at all the other blogs and authors of, that are on it. Let's get right to the podcast just as soon as I give you the usual spiel. You can reach us on Facebook through the Nerdbook Review Facebook page. You can reach us uh, via email at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. And lastly, on Twitter with the Nerdbook Review handle. Uh, Just look up Nerdbook Review and you will find us. We do uh, appreciate input from listeners. The last thing I want to say is if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us, we would be greatly appreciative. I hope you enjoy the podcast. The Nerdbook Review is happy to welcome Dirk Ashton, a man of many hats, but for our podcast, best known as the author of Paternus, Rise of Gods, and the newly released Wrath of Gods. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you for having me on, sir. Hey, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. I'm super excited. Just real quick, I wanted to say that uh, you are the person who got me in the rabbit hole of Spiffbo. Uh, I was reading your novel and I thought, man, this is really, really good. And it was the first one that I really thought that on the Kindle Unlimited. And then I got looking into other things. And next thing I know, I have interviewed about 15 Spiffbo authors now. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Dirk, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, uh, what you like to do, and things like that? Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I just grew up in the Midwest uh, in farm country, though my, uh, my parents weren't farmers. Uh, but I grew up uh, on kind of a farm with a barn and Got a pony when I was five. We always had horses and chickens and dogs and cats and various and sundry wild animals that my mother would save um, from baby woodchucks to raccoons to possums and <laughs> pigeons, God knows what else. But oh, um, yeah, just run. I, yeah, I grew up as a country kid. I uh, went to a very small high school. Uh, I think we graduated 110 in my class, which is pretty little by today's standards. And um, uh, I always did a lot of writing as a kid, you know, drawing, which I'm terrible at, but I really wanted to be better. That never happened. Um, And uh, reading movies, loved movies, loved TV, um, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. Got into uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and... uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia when I was really young, you know, Stuart Little, um, any, e, anything E.B. White and Arthur Conan Doyle and, you know, anything I could get my hands on, Edgar Allan Poe, you know, even as a kid, I love that stuff. And, um, 
I remember A Wrinkle in Time was one of the earliest books that I read like that. And I think I was in fourth grade. And that really opened my eyes to what, you know, fantasy stuff could and sci-fi stuff could really be like. So, yeah, I've always been into it very much. Well, that's super cool. Uh, I love uh, you had a couple stories on your uh, website that I really loved that made me happy to know that I wasn't alone, that Shetland ponies are jerks. Yes, and they are. Also, uh, I, I love that you sold a horse for your first car. I actually sold my <laughs> I sold a cow for my first four-wheeler. You traded a cow for your first four-wheeler. That is correct. See, nobody believes that story, do they? <laughs> well, I mean, my dad's always backed me up on that one. My brother did yeah. the same thing, actually. We traded. We had two dairy cows, and uh, a dairy had the two four-wheelers, and we traded. It was about the same uh, price as far as you know what they were worth, and so we traded them the two cows back and got two four-wheelers for it. Yep, I had a uh, seven-eighths Arabian that I had ridden in 4-H for, year, for a few years, and uh, somebody else in the club really, really liked her, and she had a car, and she was getting another one, so I traded a, traded a horse for a VW Beetle. <laughs> That's a super <laughs> cool story. Uh, although, I guess the uh, wrecking it shortly thereafter part wasn't quite so great, huh? Right, yeah. Wrapping it around a telephone pole. At least nobody got seriously hurt, thank God. <laughs> Uh, well, so you started off uh, as a, a kid loving uh, uh, fantasy and, and sci-fi, you said, and then uh, from there you moved on and actually have quite the unique story. You went on uh, out west. I did. I went to um, study film at college uh, and uh, really liked that. I got an undergrad and a master's degree at Ohio State when they had a really good program there. And uh, sorry, can you hear that? It's raining really hard outside right now. Oh, wow. Now. Yeah, I can't actually, but. <laughs> um, but uh, I did that and then, um, you know, worked uh, on commercials, some things like that. We did short films, made a lot of short films, uh, actually did a, a couple of independent features. And I moved out to L.A. because um, I wanted to I wanted to produce and write screenplays. And I've been writing a lot of screenplays and. Um, I ended up getting a lot of acting jobs because I had a reel, uh, because I had been in, in most of those short films. And um, I, got a, I actually got very lucky. I got a, a, an agent pretty much right away, got my SAG card within a couple of months, got my AFTRA card. They used to be separate. Today, SAG and AFTRA are combined, but they used to be separate. Um, AFTRA is for uh, TV, radio. Um, SAG was for film, feature films only. So... Those are combined now, but I got both of those pretty quickly and uh, made most of my living doing that, even though I'm a really terrible actor. So it's uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of interesting experiences. Plus, you know, I was pitching scripts, got real close with a few things, but uh, ended up uh, coming back to Ohio after uh, almost six years um, and going back to school to get my Ph.D. in film. So now I teach uh, film I taught film production for a long time, but now I teach uh, studies and screenwriting. Well, that's super cool. So I guess uh, the most important question then with your PhD is which is better, the Lord of the Rings movies or the books? Uh, there is no, as, as a true film scholar should <laughs> say, um, and, and, a, and an author and lover of books, you can't compare the two because that's, Worse than comparing apples and oranges. They're completely different things. 
Fair enough. I love them both. Absolutely love them both. They're two of my very favorite things. The books are my, some of my very, very favorite books ever. The films are some of my very famous favorite films ever. So, um, but you can't say one is better than the other. I can't anyway. Well, I do not have that issue, and I am going to say the movies are better. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go right ahead. All righty then. Well, so we already talked then a little bit about how you got into writing in the first place, but do you think that your screenwriting has influenced the way that you write your novels? Absolutely. You know, I, I loved comic books as a kid, um, but I also loved, you know, very literary kind of uh, kind of. Um, uh, lot, uh, fantasy novels also, you know, and I read a lot of sci-fi too. Um, but I love big action films, um, and music and, you know, grand visuals and, um, you know, expansive, crazy landscapes and things like that. And, um, that's all that all obviously, um, uh, to me anyway, uh, has influenced, big time uh the way not only not only the kinds of things that i write but the way that i write um and uh you know a lot of that makes it into um makes it into the books because i i wanted to try something different than what's become the predominant uh really really not just third person omniscient or or uh but uh really tight tight third right in uh in fantasy uh, over the last 40 years, probably, uh, for the most part. And um, I wanted to try something very different. I was extremely intrigued. I also read everything. I love like everything from grade school to uh, teen and YA. And I was really intrigued by the trend a while back of, uh, of YA using um, present tense. And... Uh, I don't know if you know, but screenplays are always written in present tense, always, because you write as if you're seeing it on the film right now, at this very moment. But one thing you have to do with screenplays is you can't do internal monologues. You can't say, you know, uh, Mary walks into the room and thinks, boy, this place looks messy, you know, unless you're doing voiceover that's actually laid out. Um, you have to tell everything through dialogue or uh, description of expressions, right? Um, now, what I wanted to do was take, take what you can do with screenplays as far as shifting POVs and present tense, making it happen in the moment right now, you know, on the screen or in the screen, uh, uh, the screen of the mind, right? The mind is the screen, as Gilles Deleuze would say. French philosopher um, uh, of the reader. So uh, I wanted to try to do something that would do that. And I had no idea if it would really work for other people. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Thank God some other folks like it too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, definitely um, my film background and writing screenplays definitely came in there. So I wanted to do those kinds of things that you can do that you never that you never really see that often in 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 books uh, in fantasy books, but with also being able to take advantage of the you know books allowing you to do internal monologues and you know uh, background stories um, 
that can, in a way, relate to flashbacks, you know, um, though not quite, you know, so a lot of my, what, what people love to call info dumps, um, are kind of halfway between a flashback and a literary, a true literary info dump. So, um, some people don't like them. Some people don't consider them info dumps, but, uh, I just, I, I really wanted to try something a little bit different. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, I guess, but, uh, um, it, it made me happy. <laughs> yeah, and I love them personally. I, in fact, when I was reading your second novel, you go about ten percent of the book without um, including any of that that flashback info dump, and I was starting to think, like, oh no, is he, am I not going to get to see these like awesome flashback scenes? And then from there on <laughs> oh, okay. out, from, from there on out, you know, you start to get into those. And but at first, I it was funny because I actually messaged Matt uh, Presley and said, you know what, I. I'm not seeing any of these info dumps. I was really expecting him. And he's like, don't worry, they'll be there. And so I kept reading. I'm like, oh, man, there they are. Like, it is my favorite thing about the uh, Paternus uh, novels so far. I just love the lore and the history that you're able to throw out there because of those, uh, like, flashback info dumps, if you want to call them that. Well, well, maybe we can call them flash dumps. (laughs) <laughs> or, or, or dump backs <laughs> there that, we that's are. It. We've, we've coined new terms for fantasy literature <laughs> there the, we are We're flash bringing... dump, the flash dump and the dump back <laughs> oh man I, I'm not quite sure about those terms but, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who are uh, some of your favorite authors that, that you have today um, or, or um, that you still like to read um, you know, in the last year or so, it's been, it's, I haven't been reading a lot of sort of the more, more traditionally published books. I've had more of a, of a, a self-pub, uh, uh, reading list, but I have read a few and, uh, you know, I loved, um, Nick Eames, uh, Kings of the Wild, um, that felt uh, fresh and, and fun and exciting to me. Um, I recently finished, uh, Anthony Ryan's, um, uh, Legion, uh, or, uh, Empire of Ashes from his Draconia Memorias, Memoris, uh, uh, Memoria, uh, trilogy. And, uh, just the sheer scope of, of that just kind of blew me away, um, I, I like things, I like things that are, you know, I do still enjoy the thing that is familiar, but a little bit different. Um, but there's always got to be something a little extra for it. Um, I'm the kind of guy who I've seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of films and studied them. And I've read a lot of books and I kind of, uh, I, I, it's just, just my aesthetic, um, uh, I, I look for things that are a little more avant-garde, um, a little more different, uh, a little fresh, uh, things that take risks and are, and are pretty bold, you know, um, and what they tackle and try to do, even if it doesn't work sometimes, um, because that's the kind of stuff that really excites me. Um, you know, there are a lot of books that I really like and will give five stars, but um, I might not feel that I learned anything from them or 
it's like if a student would bring in a student film and there'd be an image in there, or I'd go and watch a film and there'd be an image or a sequence or a reaction or a, or a combination of, of, uh, of image and music and movement and composition that, uh, that I hadn't seen before or hadn't seen in a very long time that would just excite the hell out of me. Um, and those are the kinds of things I look for in books. And, and there are books that I, that I really like, um, but that I might have problems with. Uh, but if they have just one sequence that just draws me in and blows me away uh, because of the way it's written um, and the subject matter, you know, the form and the, and the content, you know, work together in that way um, to bring that sense of like, oh, you know what I mean? Um, Lord of the Rings has a bunch of those. This is why they're such great films to me. Um those kinds of things don't work for everybody, but if I can find just one thing in a book like that, I'll love, I'll love the whole book, you know? <laughs> well, that's cool. And, um, why? And, and, oh, uh, I've got to bring up, uh, I just finished, uh, the second book, Arm of the Sphinx, second book of the Senlon, uh, of the, uh, books of Babel by Josiah Bancroft. And I was blown away by the incredibly bold risks that he was able to take in that book um, and that uh, the publisher and editor and, and agent didn't make him scrub out because quite often that does happen, you know, um, that stuff will get scrubbed out and, um, and it didn't. And I was, uh, he takes amazing risks in there and he does the shifting perspective, what people like to call head hopping um, in that book quite a bit. And I was just shocked. Um, but of course, you know, that guy can write. So if anybody wants to see that kind of thing done, um, it really is avant-garde. <laughs> I mean, he's really pushing the limits of, uh, of literature and what, and what readers will, uh, will take and tolerate and enjoy. And, um, and that, that excite, that's the kind of thing that really excites the hell out of me. Yeah, and the uh, Senlin Ascends uh, books, uh, both Katie and Chris, who both do reviews with me, that was their favorite books of last year. So, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and um, and for me, I was shocked. Uh, Arm of the Sphinx is even better. Um, just in how he continues to push the limits. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I know when we, we got done reading uh, Senlin Ascends and Katie, she's like, hey, will you email um, him and ask if we can get the second book? <laughs> 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 this was, you know, well before it was out, when it was still the arc of, of the first one. And I was like, I'll see what I can do. And he, you know what? He sent us uh, a copy and that was, uh, or actually his editor, sorry, Ellen, sent us a copy. And that was, uh, that was really cool of them. So we were super excited. Well, you know, and, you know, with somebody as, as extremely talented as Bancroft is, you think the bastard would have the common courtesy to at least be an asshole. <laughs> but no, he also has to be like one of the sweetest guys in, 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 in writing, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So uh, speaking of that specifically, though, um, I, you know what, I... One thing about you that I just see on social media in like you seem like such a uh, a big fan of just helping other people out. Uh, is that something that, that that just comes like like how are you so nice about helping people like that? 
<laughs> I don't know that I always am. Um, <laughs> you know, I've had, I'm a teacher, so I kind of might have that in me. You know, I've done it for many years now. Um, but um, I have been helped along by so many other amazing folks from the very beginning of this quest when I started, you know, and it's really, it's hard for me to believe that it's really only been not even two and a half years since I published my first book. I've only been doing it this long. Two and a half years ago, I knew absolutely no one. Um, And all I knew about publishing was a few friends that have done some things um, who really didn't have a lot of advice uh, because they had never self-published and, uh, and, and research on the internet. And then I just would, I, I, I went to confusion, uh, the convention up in, uh, in Michigan, which happens to only be an hour away, which is why I went from where I live. So I went up there and actually drove up there and back each day. And I ended up, meeting such an incredibly supportive people. Yeah, there are assholes. There are people who have no interest in talking to you, or they might not even be assholes. I can't blame them. Why would anybody would have wanted to talk to, to, to me? But, um, uh, but there were, there's, and then it just grows from there. You meet some folks and they're extremely helpful. And then, you know, you try to do what you can to return the favor. And, um, and, uh, you know, I just, and I, you know, I'm not a kid. I, uh, I, I have a pretty thick skin. I worked in Hollywood for six years, you know, um, the evil empire. Uh, I mean, <laughs> everything you hear about Hollywood is true. I absolutely love it and absolutely hate it at the same time. You have the most amazing um, saintly folks and you have a whole lot of evil demons, you know. Um, working in that business, and you have to get a really, really thick hide, especially if you're acting and, and screenwriting, um, because you will get criticism, and there are people who will try to rip you off, and uh, and um, and I've always found and built and found that if I could find the right community of folks, that it's so much more fun to support them, you know. Somebody else is doing well in the same competition you're in, you know, congratulate them for it. Tell them about it, you know. Um, I, you know, the, in, that S, in the SPFBO when I was in, I, was, I, had, I knew absolutely no one when I entered that. The only reason I knew about it is I had just been forced like a month before, forced almost physically by uh, <laughs> M. Todd Galloglass. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with him. If you're not, you should be. Really, really neat guy. He's big on Reddit. Um, great author. Uh, just just got his um, master's uh, of fine arts, I believe, in uh, in creative writing. Just just defended his thesis. Um, and uh, great guy. But he said I have to be on Reddit Fantasy, and I really wasn't even sure what that was, and I was terrified of it. I had just gotten a Twitter account. Um, because uh, I heard you had to do that, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I happened to be poking around one day looking for something in particular and saw an interview with the guys who, uh, the top placers in the first SPFBO in 2015, and uh, the 2015 SPFBO, and I entered uh, the one that, that had the May 
31st, May 31st, something like that deadline. Um, I can't remember of 2016. And I just, you know, by chance heard about it and entered it in a, on a, uh, on a whim and, uh, completely expected to be kicked out right away. Um, because particularly I read, uh, Jeff Matthews thing about how much he hated info dumps. And I was like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's all there is to it. Um, cause I, I knew exactly what I was doing and I knew what those were and what they're called, you know? So, <laughs> Uh, but man, I just, I just got really lucky and I was just so excited to still be in it and still be in it that, you know, it's just fun to help other people out. And, and from that has developed in, in really a very short time, just an amazing community of people who are just so incredibly happy to help each other out. It just, it, it still amazes me sometimes that these people are taking that much time out of their writing, their super busy schedules um, to just be helpful, you know, and I found the same in, in the, in the, in the, uh, in a lot of trad publishers too, you know, they're just, they're just really, really cool people. Yeah. I think that, you know, you get that, uh, that the community of, uh, like artists and people like that, that really are more uh, helpful than you would think. I've been amazed just as like a random, you know, small time, uh, podcaster with just, how many people I've been able to interact with and how friendly they all are, especially like once you get away from like, I mean, I, I'm the, the, the very, very top tier, you know, I mean, right below that tier, you can really just interact with authors just on such a, uh, you know, so many of them. Well, and you know, I've seen too, um, that the reviewers are posting each other's reviews, you know, um, you know, fantasy book critic is, is retweeting reviews from fantasy book review and vice versa and fantasy hive. And, you know, there isn't that, you know, you know, trying to climb to the top or book nest, you know, is, is putting together groups, you know, uh, of people and actually listing all the other, uh, <laughs> reviewer bloggers on their own sites, you know? It, it, it seems like counterintuitive, you know, from a business <laughs> sense, but, but, uh, you see that and it's just, it just really, it's a wonderful thing to see. And I see that with you guys as podcasters too. I see, you know, uh, the, the other podcasters who I know have been around a lot longer than you have, yeah. you know, retweeting your stuff or congratulating you on this and that, and you guys do that with each other. It's just yeah, it's just uh, it's really really neat. You don't see that in a lot of communities, right? You really don't. Yep, that is true. Um, you know, since we're we're talking a little bit about um, the Spiffbo and uh, like your experience with it, you and some other uh, um, people who were either finalists or semifinalists formed Sigil this last year. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Well, that was that's um uh that that's Matt Presley and Daniel um is it Olison? Yeah, Olson. Is, is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. Yeah, um, that's their baby. And um, I'm not sure who was first or if they did it together. Um, and I got invited into that um, a little bit later. Um, uh, but that's just that's just one example of just, you know, how great the community is with and and it's not just selfish trying to self-promote either. The amount of work these guys put into it cannot be putting that much sales and money into their pocket um, uh, on, a, on, a, on an even ratio, right? They do it because <laughs> they like doing it, 
and hopefully it will help them and others. And of course, raising both the expectations of self-pubs to do good work, get good covers, and proof their damn work. Um, plus, on the other side, um, making the general public, uh, the general readership, uh, more aware and accepting of self-published work is good for everyone, right? Um, and I have seen just in the couple of years that I've been doing this, an enormous, enormous change in how self-pub authors are both treated by readers, but also by other authors, even by some trad pub authors. There are still, you know, plenty of stick in the muds who feel that, you know, you haven't gone through the trial by fire. Um, but uh, that depends on, you know, how you judge the quality of that fire, right? Um, and I won't get any too much further into that, but um, uh, trad pub is, there is no, there really should be no uh, this versus that, trad or self. One thing is just better for some people than the other, as far as I'm concerned. And there are people, there are plenty of people writing as self-pubs who are every bit as good as anybody writing in TradPub. That's all there is to it, and vice versa. Um, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, and I've completely lost track of the question because I do that <laughs> all the time. I do this with my writing, too. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely okay. Um, what did you ask me? I, I think I asked about Sigil, but uh, we got sigil, that in there yes. right there. Well, yeah, no, that's a great thing, and I'm also in a in a, in a – in a in a Slack group um, with authors that uh, was was uh, put together by a couple of folks who were also in that original SPFBO, and um, and uh, we help each other on all kinds of crap. I'm looking at each other's blurbs to you know how to pick the right keywords for Amazon ads and crap like that. You know. Um, to you know getting together down at Michael J Sullivan's, which was really cool. Um, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty neat stuff, gone some pretty <laughs> neat places, I tell you. So, well, that's super uh, cool. So, you, yes. know, you know what it's we should... wonderful. Yeah. You know what we should probably do is, is talk a little bit about your books, since you uh, are an author and books. you just had one come out not too long ago. What books? <laughs> uh, this, this quirky little series, uh, it's called Paternus, I believe, is the uh, trilogy. What kind of stupid name title is that? Uh, you know, I don't know. It seems like there's like some guy, they call him the Potter or something like that. I can't quite figure it out. Could you, could you give us a little uh, overview of the, uh, the trilogy? Um, boy, you know, I'm terrible at, at, the, at the elevator pitches. Um, i much better talking about, uh, well, I mean, basically, I've always loved mythology. I also love the big comic book hero stuff. I love the great journey um, stories, um, um, you know, and, and fantasy basically derives from myth and legend, right? I mean, it, they're just myth and legends kind of made up today that we call fiction because they aren't as old. Um, so I've always loved that stuff. Um, and I've always been into, you know, ba you know, basic and sundry different theories about 
life and uh, and how stories are made and history and evolution and and I had a bunch of crazy ideas uh, over the years and I really just kind of pulled all those things together to write this trilogy about that takes place today because I do like um, I like urban fantasy I love I love epic fantasy I love grimdark I love uh, what do they call it grim bright bright you know I who, who knows <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that. Um, I like um, I like all that kind of stuff, uh, but uh, things that things that had really really been intriguing me were you know things like um, uh, the Lightning Thief, right? Um, Rick Riordan, um, Harry Potter, uh, uh, you know, to a certain extent, something like the Magicians or. Um, or uh, uh, Michael Scott's trilogy for grade uh, or teen, I can't remember. Um, uh, the, uh, the immortal Nicholas Flamel. Nicol- Nicholas Flamel, the immortal. Um, those kinds of discovery tales that also involved myth- mythology of sorts and legend of sorts um, that I just that were that are that are all urban fantasy in that they take place today that the term urban fantasy has changed a lot um it doesn't have anything to do with urban anymore all it means is that it happens today but there's magic and monsters right um it has nothing to do with cities um and nobody was doing that and that's the kind of thing i had always wanted to do and then i started reading these things and thought well shit there aren't any of these that I know of for grownups other than, um, you know, like Jim Butcher's stuff um, and all the things that are similar to that, um, you know, the glowy hand wizard detective variety of things, you know, which, uh, which are great. And I love them. Kevin Hearn's stuff falls in the same category and there are a ton of really, really um, well-known and, and super popular series that are similar, but there were none of these like journey discovery stories for adults that I knew of. Um, and it wasn't until I was a couple of years into the writing, uh, had a couple of drafts actually done on the first book that I became aware of American gods, which is what Paternus gets compared to the most. Right. I wanted to, that's the kind of thing I had always wanted to do anyway, and I thought, well, I'll do things but for grown-ups, but for adults. So that's kind of what it is. Oh, I, I just love the the way that you that you merge the, the lore and the, the, the modern day. I know, um, well, that's what I, I, in college, I studied history and religion, but I didn't study, like, specifically theology. I studied Same. the history of religion. So right, right. that was kind of, you know, I think that was what got me in the first place to, to decide to read the novel. But then, you know, then I was just hooked immediately by just how many different um, uh, folk tales and myth- um, different strands of mythology that you included. What kind of research was it necessary to do that? Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, you know, it, it helped. I had been reading this stuff for a long time. Um I mean, I remember as a kid, I don't even know how young I was, you know, 
reading, you know, stories of, you know, the Greek gods and then the Roman gods and the Viking, you know, the, the Norse, Norse mythology, the Norse pantheon. And then I got into like the Egyptian and that was incredibly strange and, and Celtic. I went through a long Celtic phase where I would put on my, uh, or I would, uh, do everything I could going to, you know, cause we didn't have the internet when I was growing up, um, doing everything I could at every library I could find to, um, to grab books about, um, uh, or buy books out of catalogs, you know, on uh, Irish mythology, basically that's that's been told in the in the Irish islands for uh, Irish Isles for many 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 years, right? Um, and then Great Britain, and of course King Arthur. I was uh, all that stuff. I, I loved that stuff. Um, and then I got into uh, Hindu mythology um, and uh, Mesoamerican mythology, um, North and South America, uh, both, um, and, uh, uh, Indonesian, uh, Polyponesian, um, Asian mythology, uh, came a little bit later. Um, but, um, yeah, it just all amazed me. And I just started to see these like weird, and I just thought about, you know, how did people make all this stuff up? And, you know, they, they you know, like you hear, the best thing to do when you're writing is say you start with a big what if, and then you just go along with a whole bunch of little what ifs that fit underneath it, you know? So I started pulling all those, all those ideas together. Plus my fascination with, you know, just history, mythology, the, the, the evolution of civilization, the crazy things that people have done, how they figured this out and that out, you know, over the millions of years. Um, just, um, it's, for me, it's a lot of fun. It's like, I have all these pieces and toys, uh, <laughs> all these toys and I get to like line them up and move them around and make <laughs> them do things. Right. You know, all my favorite toys. Yeah. Well, and I, I just love just the, the sheer scope that you include. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, there's always the, the complaint that, it, you know, that we just have the Western, uh, um, like deities or, or Western, um, uh, fantasy. There we are, Western civilization. Sure, sure. But you definitely include um, all of those uh, from from Persian to to Hindu to to like you said to Mesoamerican, and they're all in this book. And they're and it's not like uh, you know just one or two uh, the Western deities or Western uh, mythologies are like right. more important than the others. The others are just as important. Yeah, and 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 you know in the in the. Um in the conceit, in the framework that I've set up, that would, of course, have to be the case, right? Um, uh, the way I, the way I've set up the origin of the gods, so to speak, um, in my crazy, crazy um, universal field theory for for mythologies, um, you know, no, but you know, and uh, <laughs> the you know, Zeus would certainly be no more important than Oleron from Africa, right? Um, they all come from, or even are the same beings. Um, the only, uh, the only difference is, is how human beings have developed and, and spread or not spread those stories. Um, and you know, that was something I kind of want to have fun with. And, you know, 
I am, you know, while I'm while I'm absolutely all for diversity and inclusivity, that was really never my actual motivating factor. And I think some of the problem with that kind of thing in in books is that it feels forced um, because it kind of is because it's kind of a trend. And I hope it's not a trend. I hope it just becomes inherent in the system. But for right now, you know what I mean? It kind of feels like a trend. And I, and I really hope it just uh, becomes just part of the whole culture. Um, but I never really did it because I wanted to do some, I wanted to write an inclusive story. Um, uh, this is the story as I see it, you know, <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, I, as, as I would hope it would, would have been, you know, and would be. Um, so all of that just came out of it organically. And I, and, you know, and I never even considered it until, you know, we see a lot of this talk. Um, and I hope, I hope people, uh, I hope people appreciate it for that, even though it really wasn't my, my initial intention. And, and, and is it still going to be, it will be a trilogy then? Uh, yes. Yep. There's, uh, um, the third book is going to be a beast. I'm afraid it's going to be pretty long. <laughs> the second one is uh, is longer than the first, and the third one's going to be even longer by percentage, I believe. <laughs> the old uh, Tad Williams, uh, I'm going to write a trilogy no matter what, even if it's uh, a thousand. <laughs> <words>. <laughs> even if the last book has to be a thousand words, <laughs> uh, I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day, and they're like, "Are you sure you can finish this up in a third book?" And I was like, "Well." You know, uh, when I got started, I was like, I wanted to do a trilogy. That's what Tolkien did. Everybody does a trilogy. Um, of course, a lot of people are doing five book series these days. And, and I could have done that. But, you know, in a lot of those books, even though they're fun to read, there's always a couple of weak ones <laughs> um, or weaker ones. And I would rather cut some things um, and keep it to a strong trilogy at this point, even though I'm pretty sure I could probably make it four or even five books. Um, I would rather, I would rather just try to try to, you know, it's like you can write a 15 minute song or a three minute song and the three minute song is a lot more popular because it has all the good stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's what I'm using to make myself feel better about cramming it into three books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything planned uh, in the future then, like either in this world or uh, like a new idea for uh, another uh, series? Well, there are, I've got a couple of ideas. I really don't know. I have no idea. Um, I'm not making any commitments. Um, um I have nothing against traditional publishing. I might actually even pitch something. Um, I've got a couple of ideas. Um, hybrid is a good way to go. It helps open up an author to um, uh, to a lot of other things. If uh, if I could get a decent enough deal, um, uh, then I would then I would love to do that. I have nothing against tra traditional publishing. Um, but also, I could just just as easily continue to self-pub. And even if I did a trad deal, I would continue to self-pub after that, um, unless it proved to be incredibly lucrative, which it so very, very rarely does. Um, uh, it does happen for some folks, but it, it, it rarely does. Um, 
So um, I have an, uh, an idea that would be in the same world, actually. Um, it would be a more traditional urban fantasy um, with the, the, the franchise guy cleaning up the world um, and uh, most likely would be prior to the current story of Paternus. Um, uh, there's, there's, uh, so there's a standalone based on Sumerian, uh, mythology that I would like to do that might be in the same world. It might not, um, though probably, um, but I've got a, a couple other, uh, ideas and things I've been talking to some folks, uh, in the wings. I, I don't want to say anything about it right now, but, uh, yeah, we'll see, you know, and, and it all, you know, to be completely honest, um, I've done so many different things over my life. A lot of it um, has to do with whether I'm still enjoying it once I finish the third book. And um, so far, um, I'm still enjoying the hell out of the whole process. So um, things are looking good. <laughs> well, that's cool. And uh, and I certainly hope that you continue writing uh, selfishly in the series, uh, <laughs> in this world. Because like I said, I really just... I've enjoyed them so much, and like I said, I love the the info dump uh, lore, you know that that we get, and I really do feel like uh, like even though it's it's your own creation, you know, it, it, as someone who has at least a, a passing knowledge of an awful lot of this stuff, like it's just cool to you know to to listen to your interpretation on it and just to kind of imagine you know the how how things would be like the way that you are, you know. Right. Well, thanks. Well, I guess then um, I, I, I failed to mention, yes, there, there are thoughts bubbling and, uh, and notes on the possibility of another trilogy, um, which would take place after this one. Um, so that's also a possibility. Super that's cool. also also in, in the wings because, you know, there are so many things. I mean, even in these books that I've written already, there are so many what I call little missed opportunities of things that I could talk about. But, you know, they just don't quite fit. Um, there's, there's just so much more to be, to be talked about and be written about. And so, many, so many more adventures to be had that, that um, it might be fun to, you know, to, to see what happens, see to think about the what if, what if something happened and, and the story continued, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's the, no promises, but it's, it is, <laughs> it is, the, it is there at the front and back of my mind at different times. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to, uh, to include? And if not, let's go ahead and get all of your social media stuff in one place. I guess I would just say that I am blown away by the reception of the books and you know it took a long time for the first one to build but the uh the the release uh, uh of book two has beyond been beyond my wildest dreams um and the reviews that are coming in on goodreads and amazon um uh which are you know really the lifeblood um so write those reviews folks um uh uh it, beyond my wildest dreams, really. Um, so I just, I really want to thank um, the fantastic bloggers and reviewers and readers and everybody else in the community for um, for helping us out uh, uh, and for really helping support me um, and my books and for enjoying the books. Because if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't wouldn't be here. That's for sure. And, and of course, I have to I have to give a shout out to Mark Lawrence since he really uh, 
Mark Lawrence and uh, Steve Drew from Reddit Fantasy for really helping me uh, get started. Yeah, he has his uh, the Spiffbo is just um, amazing, and it's it's just uh, such a cool thing that he's doing. Yeah, it's uh, it blows me away because you know he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> he's perfectly su- successful without without the S- having ever touched the SPFBO, but got it into his head to help out self published folks um, as a traditionally published author who never had never self published himself um yeah i think he is like so it's very just first... it's really amazing and i did get to meet him last year and he's just as just as cool a guy as you might think well that's super cool so where could uh where can you be reached on social media um on twitter i'm undirk u-n-d-y-r-k just add undirk same thing on instagram add undirk um on facebook i've got two pages i've got the uh I've also got the air quote uh, business page on Facebook, which is uh, Paternus Books Media, three words, um, which folks can like and follow over there. But I've also got my regular page there, and it's just Dirk Ashton, D-Y-R-K-A-S-H-T-O-N. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you. Um, I, welcome any, I welcome any and all. Yeah, and I highly recommend following you um, everywhere. Uh, you, as I've said uh, previously, you promote a lot of other uh, authors as well. Uh, I know that uh, one of my favorite books I've read this year was uh, the, was Aching God by Mike Shell, and right, I, right. And, and I did I listen I, I read that book specifically because you recommended it on Facebook, and right. uh, and I really enjoyed that book. I in fact just interviewed Mike a couple weeks ago. Oh, excellent! I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So. Mike is a great guy. Yeah, and so like I said, just I, I highly recommend following Dirk on social media, and I also highly recommend reading your books. I've really enjoyed them. Uh, I'm not even a huge urban fantasy guy, and I've absolutely uh, uh, fi- given five stars for both of them and have uh, super enjoyed reading your books. Well, thanks. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you for writing the books, and thank it's- you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate oh, it. This is awesome. Thanks, Cam. All right. Have a good one. You too. Take care.